Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast. I'm Bethan. And I'm Mark. Thank you for joining us once again. Yeah, thank you for coming back to listen to us one more week, everybody. We've got a really interesting episode this week. It's a little bit of a different one to usual. Mm. Mm, I wait with bated breath. Uh, let's do let's do our Patreon thank yous before we get on to that. So uh, thank you to the following people who have signed up over the past week. That's Jenny Price, Jennifer S, Leon Hughes, Justin Nelson, Jessica Dolin and Emma Hobbs. Thank you uh, to each and every one of you. And of course, a huge thanks to all of our existing Patreon supporters. If you would like to join these guys and uh, ensure that the show is around for a long time, not just a good time, then all you have to do is head over to patreon.com slash seeingredpodcast. Thank you so much, guys. And another huge thank you is to Amy Am on Instagram for suggesting the case for this week's episode. It's a bit of a different one for us because it's potentially going to be, it's definitely the first and maybe the only animal attack episode I can see us covering, to be honest, because I don't know about you, Mark, but animal cruelty is up there for me with child abuse or murder cases. I just, I really don't know if I'd be able to research, write and cover a case like that. I, I feel like that's quite a bold statement because I, I know what you're saying. It really bothers me and it... Yeah, it would like ruin me having to research an episode that features animal cruelty. But for me, it's it is still on the kind of less extreme scale of child cruelty or murder. Oh, but... I'm not saying they're the same kind of crime. Oh, I just okay. mean like to yeah. research. Oh I think god, yeah, I'd it would be harrowing. To research it as yeah. as much as I would struggle to research. I know you've been able to cover some of the child abuse cases, and mm. you're able to, you know, focus on it and then be able to detach yourself. I just. It's for me just something I don't know whether I'd be able to immerse myself in that for a week and read loads of stuff. I, I don't know. The thing is, like with um, with Sarah Everard last week, I didn't even write that one. Um, I got somebody to write it, Elliot, who did a great job. But even Ooh, just... Oh, did Elliot Caddy write it for he us? He did, yeah. Oh, thank you, Elliot. We didn't do proper thank yous, Mark. Well, I wanted to take all of the credit for that. You totally it was... took all the credit, didn't oh, of you? Of course I did. It was such a great <laughs> script. But um, even though I hadn't really researched that one, just kind of reading it through a few times in preparation for uh, last week's episode, it, it just it like really stayed with me for a, a whole week. Um and Tuesday I really struggled and that was probably the day that I'd done the most kind of prep around it so um so yeah they do stay with you don't they they really do I think maybe the reason children and animals are are cases that I would struggle the most with is because of how vulnerable they are and how totally vulnerable we should be the ones to protect them rather Mm. and it's still horrible and it's still harrowing when it's a case involving an adult I don't know. It just it is it is worse for me personally. Mm, I, I do. I I totally get it. Yeah. And as well as hating people who think animal cruelty is okay, I especially feel awful when we put kind of animals in danger. Like human beings choose to put those animals in danger. Police horses at football matches having to put up with loads of stuff. I'm just like in awe of them as well because their training and the bond that they have with their rider is just amazing. And any animal who has to do a job is incredible in my mind because, yeah, like my cats just sit around, have dinner, have a fuss, go outside, meow at us. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, they don't mm. they don't have to do anything. But guide dogs for the blind, for example, if I see a guide dog out and about, I am lit- my, my heart sings. You've seen me, haven't you? And I'm like, oh, look, there's yeah. a guide dog. <laughs> yeah, any kind of assistance dog, they're just um, unreal what they can do. 
it's so clever isn't it and then that person has to put their trust into the animal fully as well so they're really brave because they're putting their their trust and their safety into the hands of an animal thought I'd do a quick shout out to friend of the show long time listener Gary here Although his dog's a bit of a naughty dog and gets sent back well, for look, retraining quite I mean, often. Is that any wonder with Gary as its handler? I know, exactly. <laughs> but these animals who do so much for us were for a long time overlooked. Rather than being classed as living beings with feelings when hurt or injured in the line of duty, the charges brought against their attackers were classed as criminal damage. And I can kind of see it to a point because if you think when laws were first brought in, Perhaps animals were seen as more a means to an end. You know, horses used to be our transport rather than anything else. But it just seems so crazy to me that that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Animal is a, a living creature, yet it's classed as criminal damage like a building. Yeah, that is weird. I'm, I'm glad that's changed, but it took a long time for that to change. It really did. So a couple of different, I mean, you do a couple of Google searches and you can find so many cases where animals have been injured in the line of duty. And a few cases that I kind of wanted to highlight before we get into the main bulk of this episode were in 2016, a police horse was hurt after bottles and stones were thrown by troublemakers at a football match. So the police were attacked by fans from the match which was between Oxford United and Millwall FC. And the horse called Odin suffered a three inch cut to one of his hind legs after he was hit by a broken bottle which had been thrown. And then a bottle was also smashed over another police horse called Mallory and his rider Police dog Baloo, which was a two-year-old Belgian Malinois, which when you look at photos, she looks so cool. She was a member of Essex Police, but while they were attending a motor vehicle incident in 2018, she was hit by a car. She suffered injuries to three of her legs that were so severe that she ended up having one of her legs amputated. In June 2020, a police horse called Peroni was injured when city protests turned violent. So he was one of three Northumbria police horses to be hurt during counter demonstrators to a black lives matter protest when they clashed with officers so several officers and two police dogs were also injured as well as peroni amazing name for a horse though i thought you'd like great that. Be- great beer great name for a horse and then a police dog called nala was injured during a police chase in july 2020 so stingers were used to stop this vehicle that they were chasing successfully But then the four offenders inside tried to run away and Nala chased after them. But one of the offenders kicked at her and she received facial injuries as well as a result of entering the vehicle through a broken window. She got cuts and stuff from that as well. And so she was injured kind of from jumping through this broken glass that she just quite, you know, she just followed orders and just did it with no thought for the danger. But also she was kicked at by this offender. But what I thought was really cute was that the the public really rallied around Nala so then the police had to do a a speech and do like a bit of a press conference about her which I thought was really lovely yeah the spokesman for the police said firstly I want to reassure the public who we know will be worried about PD Nala that she is recovering well resting up and being given the best care that there is but I what they went on to say really stuck with me and I thought it was quite important for this episode 
So he continued, our police dogs are not just assets to us. They are fellow officers, colleagues and friends. I am very pleased that PD Nala is recovering well, but it is a stark reminder of the danger our dogs and our officers face every day in the line of duty. I feel like you've you've gone through these examples just to kind of ruin us so far. All these awful kind of cruel injuries that these animals have faced. It is really, really hard to listen to, isn't it? And I'm trying not to go into too much detail. It's really sad. Yeah. PC Wendy Townley and police horse Steele were seriously injured in the line of duty while they were patrolling the streets of Manchester when a car collided with Steele's back legs. And from what I could read, they rammed the car into the horse on purpose. They drove into the horse. So he was like forced backwards onto the bonnet of the car. He smashed the windscreen and then he was flung forwards 10 feet onto his knees and fell onto his side. PC Townley was then thrown off the horse and both of them, the horse and rider, had significant injuries. And then the fellow police horse, Crackett, and PC Emma Whittenbury, who was riding him, they managed to get out of the way, but they were obviously really shaken up by the incident as well. So the reason for Amy getting in touch with us for this week's episode is for us to look at Finn's Law. So the Animal Welfare, open brackets, service animals, close brackets, bill, and the Animal Welfare, open brackets, sentencing, close brackets, bill, Thought you'd like how I said open and close brackets. No, I re- that really bothers it? me. That really bothered me. And then I, I could see it coming up with brackets again. I was like, <laughs> I was like, please don't do this again. I, I knew it was going to go one of two ways with you, but I, it's important yeah, I could see that. they are slightly different bills, but they do work together. Okay. In June 2019, the first bill came into force and the main aim of this was to protect service animals such as police dogs and horses and to prevent those who attack or injure service animals from claiming self-defence. And the law is named after Finn, a police dog whose story is the case we're going to be focusing on today. And then the second became law in April this year, so really recent, and it aimed at increasing maximum prison sentences for animal cruelty. So moving that from six months maximum, which is just disgraceful, to five years maximum, which is, in my opinion, a lot much, it's a better sentence completely. Um, And then also increasing sentencing is part of the Finns Law programme. So they want to extend the bill to Scotland and Northern Ireland as well. Um, I'm only going to look at what they've done in England in this episode, rather than looking at the other countries, because um, they all kind of did it all at slightly different times. And it's just easier than confusing things with what they're doing there. But basically, Scotland and Northern Ireland have got on board with a few of these things as well, which I think is really good. Mm, So the UK will be taking on a lot of this. So there you go, Mark, a little photo for you in the episode. Isn't he so handsome? We'll get this up on our Instagram, but it's it's an Alsatian or German Shepherd dog uh, lay down, uh, looking really happy, actually. He's so handsome, isn't he? Yeah, I he thought is. you'd enjoy seeing a little picky of him. I love dogs. You're not really a massive dog person, are you? It's only because I'm allergic to dogs. I love animals in like every animal. So I love dogs, but I'm really allergic. So when I then cuddle them and play with them, I know I'm going to be suffering for about a week afterwards, which is really annoying because yeah. I really like them. So you prefer playing with a pussy instead? Jesus Christ, Mark. We've only been on there for 10, 15 minutes. What are you not. doing? Come on, I was setting that up for about 10 minutes. I've been setting that up for ages. Oh, bless you. You've been setting that up since we did that episode where the cat was in the dock, haven't you? Oh my God, Jesus. Yeah. Fuck, I think so, I was hallucinating. You were high as a kite that day, weren't you? Bless you. So just what happened to German Shepherd police dog Finn? Because you're right, Mark, you got his breed correct when you looked at the little picture yeah 
On the 5th of October 2016, Finn's handler, PC Dave Wardle, was called to an incident and he was part of a team operating within the Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire police dog unit. They were called to this incident in Stevenage where there was a search for a male... <laughs> a male... They were called to... They were called to this incident in Stevenage where there was a search for a male robbery suspect who was evading arrest and was believed to be armed with a baton or a stick. So I took a look at this specific area for policing and I found out that in Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire they have a number of units that work together and specialise in different areas of policing. So it's really cost efficient and it helps the forces share specialist intelligence, information and knowledge. This specific dog unit is a combination of trained police dogs and handlers. So they come from all the areas, so Bedfordshire, Cambridgeshire and Hertfordshire. On the website, they state that with 30 handlers and more than 40 dogs, the unit provides 24-7 support across the three counties. (coughs) Jesus Christ, I'm so sorry. That's such a cold. We're Uh, both a bit like that. You're definitely worse. (laughs) So looking at the dog team specifically, I learned that upon successful completion of training, the dogs are matched to a handler who works with that dog for the rest of its career. So they, I just had this idea that the police would just turn up at work in the morning and they just get a dog out the kennel. Like, no, that dog lives with the PC at their house. Oh, I didn't know that because that's what I was going to ask. I kind of knew that they would be assigned a dog so that they can really develop that sort of unique bond that's so important but I I always wondered was the dog allowed to live with them because would that kind of cross some kind of boundary then um but but yeah clearly they they are allowed to do that so that's the idea of crossing a boundary like when you're not supposed to have a relationship with someone you work with that's what kind of what I'm thinking but I'm I'm like because they're police dogs I'm I'm sort of thinking are they supposed to be in a kennel and a bit kind of rough and ready um or are they allowed all those creature comforts of of the PC's house so it's nice to know that they get looked after well it's lovely isn't it and I totally assumed that they all live in a dog place and they'd work with different PCs but they don't so Mm. so this is a proper partnership they live and work together so that they're this perfect team for tracking, searching and chasing criminals. When the dogs become part of the team, they have a really long career ahead of them alongside that handler. And at the end of the career, when the dog completes its service, so usually it's about eight years of age, they can either stay with the handler um, if they wanted to take them on as a pet, or they can be rehomed, but they have to be rehomed with a really carefully vetted owner. And I knew somebody who had a an ex-police dog, but it didn't get through the training, so it was trained to be a drugs dog, but it never learned and couldn't learn to just go and sit down quietly when it found drugs. So anytime it found drugs, it would go mental and start barking and jumping around, which obviously you can't have. The dog needs to go and sit down. So um, this this lady that I know then took on this dog, but she said it was really awkward because sometimes they'd be walking around town and the dog would go oh, mental no. and she'd know that that kid had weed on them. Um, so kind of knowing that these dogs have this close bond and this close relationship with their handler is what makes what happened next really all the more upsetting. Each officer handles a dog that is trained to track offenders or missing people by following a trail left by them on the ground. And together they search for people or items in buildings, open areas, they chase, they catch offenders and they protect officers in dangerous situations. So PC Wardle and Finn had worked together for years And throughout his career, this remarkable, highly trained, highly decorated police dog tracked offenders of all kinds. He'd found missing children, he'd tackled armed offenders numerous times, and he'd saved numbers of lives. 
On the night in question in October 2016, the pair soon located this suspect they were looking for, who instantly ran off. So, police officer and his dog took chase. During the pursuit, PC Wardle released Finn with a command to detain the suspect. The suspect attempted to jump over a fence, but Finn kept pace and was able to take hold of his leg. PC Wardle joined Finn and within moments the suspect lunged back at them, slashing with a 10-inch knife. He fell to the floor. Finn refused to let go, at which point the suspect stabbed the dog in the chest with the knife and then made a second attack, brutally stabbing Finn in the head and the chest and Dave suffered an injury to his hand, but Finn still didn't let the suspect go. Despite his horrific injuries, meaning PC Wardle was able to wrestle the assailant to the ground, making sure he eventually dropped the weapon and in a short while other officers arrived and he was arrested. Oh my God, I take it all back. This is This is horrific, isn't it? It's really sad, isn't it? Yeah, it's as bad as some of the other shit we cover. PC Wardle explained later. I joined Finn, grabbing his collar and straddling his back to give him support as he held the suspect. In a split second, I saw the man lunge at Finn's side with a weapon and as he pulled away, I saw a 10-inch blade covered in Finn's blood. The man then lunged at me with the blade, but Finn, despite being seriously hurt, grabbed hold of the suspect and stopped him from landing a fatal blow. My hand was cut in the struggle and Finn's head was sliced open. Despite suffering two serious stab wounds, Finn's grip on the suspect remained, pulling at the suspect's leg to stop him from jumping the fence. Finn's determination, even after he had been seriously hurt, was absolutely faultless. He definitely saved my life that night and he stopped an armed criminal from posing a threat to other officers or the public. Finn protected PC Dave Wardle's life that night, but the dog almost died from his injuries. He was taken to a vet and then onto a specialist where he received emergency surgery in which part of his lung was removed. And I'm really sorry, Mark, but I have popped a picture in there of him on his recovery after his surgery. Mm, I think, I mean, we can put that, we'll put it on our social media accounts. Yeah, isn't because it sad to see? It is, but I mean, you know, I'm hoping that there is a happy ending in that he doesn't die and did recover from this um so we can put it on but it's awful you know they've absolutely shaved shaved his entire stomach and you can see these um stab wounds or at least where the 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 vets had to cut him open to remove part of his lung yeah he's just it's awful to see Okay, so you will be very pleased to know. PC Wardle did receive medical treatment for his hand injury, which was fortunately only a superficial injury with no long-lasting effects on his hand. And this brave, beautiful dog, Finn, made a miraculous recovery and was back on active duty alongside PC Wardle just 11 weeks later. That's mad. When you see the state of him, he's like war-wounded. To, to know that he was back out 11 weeks later, wow. He then retired in March 2017, just shortly before his eighth birthday, so he did still complete pretty much his eight years that were expected. However, when the suspect who had stabbed Finn stood trial, there was no justice for the dog. In May 2017, at Stevenage Youth Court, the suspect, a 16-year-old boy, was convicted of assault occasioning actual bodily harm for the attack on PC Wardle, but was only convicted of criminal damage for stabbing the dog, and he was later sentenced to eight months' detention in a young offender institution. And naturally, whilst this wasn't an unusual outcome, because as I said, that was, that was the law, that was the sentence that you would get... It made anyone who knew Finn really angry and upset and encouraged them to begin campaigning to get the law changed. I think um, really they should they should have tried this 16-year-old for attempted murder of that PC because had Finn not been there, 
then that copper was going to get stabbed with a 10-inch blade and, and could have been killed. So the fact that he gets six months in eight months detention in a young offenders institution is just pitiful. This is not me defending it whatsoever because I totally agree with you. But when I was looking into this, that was my kind of thinking. But actually, the way that the defence is for the 16-year-old that does make sense, even though I don't agree, is that he lashed out at a at something that was used by the police mm. to stop him. So if he'd have lashed out at um, like a police, I don't know, like um, a car and like damaged the car, for example, and they were trying to use the car to stop him, if he'd slammed into the car, if he had slashed out at their tyres, for example, and they basically said that if it had just been a police officer chasing him, he would not have attempted to stab it was because it was self-defense because the dog was attacking him in his mind Mm. that that's why he was you know self-defense he was slicing out a dog who had hold of his leg yeah and that's how they get around it which does make sense it does make sense yeah i think the issue then is whether this dog is a piece of police property or a living creature with with feelings which obviously is what this is all about yeah yeah Following Finn's attack, injuries, subsequent recovery, return to work and then retirement, PC Wardle was also a very busy man, and not just with work. He had to dress up for a number of key events in the life of the pair, and I've popped some photos again for you, Mark, because I thought you'd love this. Love this. So, in October 2017, Finn was awarded the International Fund for Animal Welfare's Animal of the Year Award in a ceremony at the House of Lords. And when you see the photos, he actually looks like he's quite proud of himself, doesn't he? Does, he does, he really does. Yeah, he's got that look. And in May 2018, Finn was awarded the PDSA Gold Medal for life-saving devotion to duty, despite being grievously injured while preventing a violent criminal from era- evading arrest award, which is such a mouthful. It was awarded to him at the charity's music festival at Cheltenham Racecourse, which was the first time that the award had been presented at a public ceremony. Probably because trying to stay that on stage is quite yeah, hard. exactly. About this, PC Wardle said, I am bursting with pride that Finn is receiving this award. He is a true gem. He embodies everything that is special about police dogs in this country. He is my best friend and I owe him my life. Oh God, doesn't your heart just melt when you hear that? It's so cute, isn't it? <coughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, In March 2019, Finn was awarded the Kennel Club's Friends for Life Prize at the annual Crufts Dog Show at the National Exhibition Centre in Birmingham. The pair were presented an award alongside prize money, which was a cheque for £5,000 from the Kennel Club Charitable Trust, and that was for a charity of their choice. So speaking about the win, Dave Wardle said, I can't believe it. I feel so emotional. Just by being here, we'd have won already. It has been a culmination of years of campaigning to get Finn's story heard. And I am so grateful to the Kennel Club Charitable Trust for the prize money that we're going to donate to German Shepherd Rescue Elite, which I thought was very cute. So a little charity shout out for them. And the Kennel Club Secretary said, we'd congratulate Dave and Finn on winning this year's Friends for Life Award. Their story is incredibly moving and highlights what wonderfully loyal and brave companions our four-legged friends are. They are truly man's best friend. So Finn's case highlighted for people here in the UK the limited legal sanctions available against those who injure animals being used by the emergency services. So there was an online petition started on the UK Parliament Petitions website for... 
Finn's Law, which attracted more than 127,000 signatures, and ultimately this resulted in the Sentencing Council recommending that in future, similar events should be treated as an aggravated offence rather than criminal damage. But that wasn't enough for the campaigning group, you know, just recommending that you should do this. So... Member of Parliament Sir Oliver Held, with Dave Wardle and Finn as mascots, took the matter further but by proposing a private member's bill. So this was the Animal Welfare Service Animals Bill, which was debated in the House of Commons on the 5th of December 2017. Did you like that I didn't put the brackets in? Oh, I didn't even Or did notice. you miss the brackets? I, I missed it. I didn't notice, but thank you. I'm going to do it again then, okay? No. If you missed it, if you missed no, it, I'll no. sure. And PC Wardle continued to campaign. The group were working towards the change in legislation, even saying that up to this point, 2019, more than 100 other service animals had been injured since 2012. So in that seven years, more than 100, including injuries such as being beaten with an iron bar, kicked or hit by a car, all sorts of things. And the group worked tirelessly to be heard. The bill was then debated in the House of Commons. And finally, they were vindicated. In 2019 as well, Dave Wardle and Finn participated in the television talent show Britain's Got Talent with a mind-reading act. I don't watch Britain's Got Talent, but I remember watching these guys on like a YouTube video or a Facebook video. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, I've not watched that show for a long time, but even I, yeah, I kind of recognise them Mm -hmm. as a pair and yeah, that does ring a bell. So because of how well trained he was, they basically like said it was like mind reading, like he'd say something and he'd read his mind and he'd get the right answers and stuff. And their performance was incredible. The judges were really moved by it and they did get to the final. And someone else was listening in at the same time as well. Someone who had the power to sign off on the law, obviously as well, because the whole point of Britain's Got Talent is you do perform at the Queen thing, isn't it? The Royal Variety Show. The is that Queen what it's thing. I don't yeah, know the, what it's The Royal Variety performance, yeah the royal variety performance the queen was also watching at this point in their story that was when history was made so after the pair finished their performance as the first act to take to the stage in the final pc wardle then emotionally told the audience after our first audition aired the queen stayed up late one night and she signed off on finn's law so on june the 8th saturday next week finn's law becomes law that is really special, isn't it? Isn't that, that she, cute? Yeah, because normally they, they would say things like that and she, she wouldn't have that much power, but like she clearly was moved by that and wanted to intervene and, and get that signed off quickly. I imagine as well, because she is a dog lover, that she actually is, yeah. it was something that would have spoken to her personally as well as, as for her country. Yeah, not enough for him to win, though. Or did he win, or was he just a finalist? He didn't win, he didn't win. Yeah. But... I don't think she necessarily has a choice of that, I guess. I, think I thought she controls do. everything. I don't know. She controls everything. But I think it's a vote, isn't She's it? She's a lizard. Talent. She's a lizard. That's what people say, right. don't they? Right. Great. Now we're <laughs> going to get shot. Thanks, Mark. Sorry, guys. No more seeing red. <laughs> it's, a, it's a big conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's such a weird conspiracy theory. It's a it? really weird conspiracy theory. And they say that, I can't remember what they call them, but they're people that sort of murder children and kind of drink their blood because that gives them special powers and stuff. Very weird. Yeah. I was going to say something else then, which I, I won't say. I was going to say they're all paedophiles as well, um, but I can't really say that, can I? You can say that that's part of the conspiracy theory, because then you're not saying it's true and you're not part trying to Part of the conspiracy theory like is that. that they are all paedophiles. But that is, I've heard that part of the conspiracy theory as mm. well, yeah. Yes, it's a conspiracy theory. Mm. It's not fact. Anyway, 
let's get back to the case that we're actually covering, Mark, rather than upsetting the people who are in charge of our country. They're not in charge of our country. If they're lizard people who control the world. Oh, yeah, true, yeah, fine. They probably are. Anyway, right, enough (laughs) of this bollocks. So, it was announced that the new lizard... So it was announced that this new legislation would make sure that those who harmed service animals were punished accordingly. The Environment Secretary, Michael Gove, said, This law is about giving our service animals the protection they deserve as they dedicate their lives to keeping us safe. I am committed to making the UK the best place in the world for the care and the protection of animals. And PC Dave Wardle said that the last two and a half years were quite a journey of discovery for the pair. They decided that they wanted to bring about change to make sure that amazing service animals, including police dogs and horses, had protection in the law. So he said, we wanted to bring as much positivity from that one negative as we could. The campaign was run positively on me and my family's request. And it was wonderful to see so many thousands of people getting involved. Clearly, our service animals are held in high regard as they should be. He then also went on to say that they were following up on this news about Finn's Law with Finn's Law Part 2. So that was around the increase in sentencing and they wanted to do that as soon as possible. And indeed, they didn't rest on their laurels. This was followed with the finalisation of the law in 2021 of the Animal Welfare Open Bracket Sentencing <laughs> Close Brackets Bill. No. Which looked at the maximum sentences that could be given to people convicted of animal cruelty. It was a really good time for animal welfare here in the UK because this followed the introduction of Lucy's Law in England after a 10-year campaign. So Lucy's Law bans the third-party sales of puppies and kittens and alongside a number of other reforms included introducing mandatory CCTV in slaughterhouses, which I think is really, really important. Definitely, yeah. So the following is taken from the government website and it just discusses around Lucy's Law a little bit just because it's not what this episode's about, but I thought it was really interesting as a bit of an aside. Mm. Lucy's Law means that anybody wanting to get a new puppy or kitten in England must now buy direct from a breeder or consider adopting from a rescue centre instead. Licensed dog breeders are required to show puppies interacting with their mothers at the place of birth. And if a business sells puppies or kittens without a licence, they could receive an unlimited fine or be sent to prison for up to six months. So basically, this was named after a puppy from a puppy farm. And obviously, puppy farms are, you know, horrendous. They're absolutely disgusting. So often located um, with like dealers who distribute sick, traumatised, unsocialised puppies taken away from their mum far too early, long-distance transportation. Sometimes the puppy or kitten suffers life-threatening medical, surgical or behavioural problems, which are then all passed on to these unsuspecting owners who think they've bought a nice new puppy or Mm. kitten. So Lucy's Law effectively removes that third-party dealer chain. So all dog and cat breeders are accountable for the welfare of their animals that they then sell. So as well as Lucy's Law, the government committed to supporting tougher sentences for animal cruelty. So as I said earlier, they raised that maximum prison sentence from six months to five years. And they also pledged to bring in new laws on animal sentience and to end excessively long journeys for live animals, which I think is, again, something that I find really, really important because I do eat meat and I choose to eat meat and I I could never be vegan because that's not me. However, I want to know that the animals I do eat have been cared for properly and have been looked after properly and it 
it is something that I find it's something that I think is really important personally so I was really happy when I was reading up about all these changes to the law that they're trying to bring in yeah even though I do think it's far too late and this should all have already been the law a long time ago at least now it's being done I think sometimes it, it it yeah it's weird isn't it because there are still there there are lots of um criminal acts that just aren't punished as much as you think they should be and um, like they're mm. all we'll get to all of them I'm sure eventually but yeah you're right it's weird how um this change wasn't affected you know 30 40 years ago it's weird that we're still having to look at these things and make positive changes now and what I find really interesting is that as a country here in the UK we are actually quite far ahead of a lot of other countries and that's quite crazy like to mm. me this isn't good enough and yet we're one of the best places for animal welfare so yeah there we go. and in may 2020 finn was named as an ambassador for the charity the thin blue poor foundation which i thought was adorable love it so this is an organization whose aim is to support retired police dogs once they leave their role as working police dogs it's a national dog welfare charity which protects celebrates and rehabilitates both serving and retired police dogs from across the united kingdom and so I had a lovely time reading their website. I learned loads. So retired police dogs don't receive financial support in their retirement from the force that they served with, which I kind of thought was a bit obvious. I didn't expect that a police dog would get basically a pension, but actually they've probably been injured in their line of duty a number of times. They've worked really hard through their lives, a very physical job, and then they're the owners that then take them on have to pay all of those vet bills on their own. Quite often they don't get insurance as well because of the fact that they've been working all their life. So there's no insurance to then also be able to help those new owners. Yeah, that, that and that is a massive commitment then to take, um, mm -hmm. whether whether you're the, the, the officer that was assigned with that dog anyway or it's being rehomed somewhere else. It's a massive commitment to take that dog on uh, potentially just for two or three years and to foot the bill of that because you're right, even though they've probably been exceptionally well-bred, they're going to have been sort of physically uh, injured in the line of their duty and there could be uh, consequences to that in later life, absolutely. And they've just been like really strong, hard-working dogs so they might develop things like arthritis and need an injection every month which costs money. So I, I think, yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Of course they don't get a bloody pension or some kind of allowance but that would have really made sense wouldn't it yeah exactly there's so many things with this case and researching it that I didn't know and now mm. I know them I'm like well of course of course the dogs live with their aunt handler that's how they're the best you know pair that they could possibly be of course they're not going to just listen to any old person otherwise could totally turn the dog on their owner like on the handler like that's so ridiculous isn't it but I I just never realized so the Thin Blue Poor Foundation provides much needed financial support to over 200 canine heroes and their owners, enabling them to have a long and happy retirement. And they went on to say that in addition, they are the UK's first charity that explored providing PPE for serving police dogs across the UK. So personal protective equipment. So things like stab vests, paw protectors and canine first aid kits. So it's mad that they were the first charity, isn't it? Can can you imagine a dog in a stab vest? I don't think there's there's a much cuter image in my head right now than a really cute dog wearing a stab vest. But um, it's something like that that potentially could have saved Finn from 
serious the harm. The surgery yeah. he had to go through, yeah. Yeah. I think that um, that's just been such a, a lovely case to feature on this show. particularly because after, it was a happy ending. Yeah, totally. And particularly after all the really difficult cases that we've explored this season, we've had some really tough ones. Um, and yeah, to, to have something that's just a bit different, but also that there's this lovely legacy and the fact that Finn didn't have to die for that. Yes, he was severely injured, but he did go on to make a full recovery. So it's a really heartwarming case, isn't it? Yeah, really lovely. So definitely a big thank you to Amy for recommending this one to us and for giving me the chance to do some research and something that's still not nice, but actually not, like you said, not as harrowing as some of the cases we've been covering recently. Mm. Well done, Betham. Thank you. Wrote my own script, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We know that you guys are massive animal lovers. If our Facebook group is anything to go by, uh, whenever we put a pet selfie thread up, it's um, it's probably uh, those are our most popular threads. So, um, so I hope you enjoyed that too. I know that you will have done. Thank you for listening, everybody, and we'll be back next week with another case for you. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Hi angels, it's your girl Louise Rumble and I'm the host of the Open House Podcast. Therapy quite literally changed my life and sent me straight into my hot healing girl era. Now each week I share my story, the good, the bad and the downright juicy and chat with some of the world's best therapists, psychologists and wellness experts. From love, sex and dating to attachment styles, nervous system regulation, wellness hacks, hormone balancing and more, nothing is off the table. I've emptied my bank account on therapy and healing so you don't have to. So if you're ready to leave the past in the past and build the future you've always deserved, me and my favorite experts are waiting for you on the Open House podcast. Listen now wherever you stream your podcasts and I cannot wait to meet you.